You're listening to Time in the Word. In today's study, Dr. Gonzalez discusses the false teacher's true colors, looking at characteristics of their true nature, showing parallels to past apostates, and making comparisons with natural phenomena. He points out their deception, defilement, contempt, blasphemy, way, and poverty. As God ministers to you through these series of studies, and as you experience God's love and grace in your own life, share these podcasts with others so that they too may be blessed by God's Word and His amazing grace. Now, here's today's teaching from Dr. Gonzalez. Let's open our Bibles to Jude. We will be reading and discussing verses 8 through 13 in these next two studies. In the same way, these people, relying on their dreams, defile their flesh, reject authority, and slander glorious ones. Yet when Michael the archangel was disputing with the devil in an argument about Moses' body, he did not dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme anything they do not understand, and what they do understand by instinct, like irrational animals, by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, have plunged into Balaam's error for profit, and have perished in Korah's rebellion. These people are dangerous reefs at your love feasts as they eat with you without reverence. They are shepherds who only look after themselves. They are waterless clouds carried along by winds, trees in late autumn, fruitless, twice dead and uprooted. They are wild waves of the sea, foaming up their shameful deeds, wandering stars for whom the blackness of darkness has been reserved. We trust that the Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's open in prayer. Father, we thank you for this text before us. We pray that you would give us clarity of mind. Help us learn what it is you have for us here and apply it to our lives daily as we seek to be contenders of the faith ourselves. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So as we have seen previously, God's judgment on the angels and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah stand as a solemn warning that God does and will judge wickedness and sin. Jude now points out several characteristics of these apostates or false teachers, and he depicts their true face, their true colors. So the first characteristic is their deception. Let's look at the first part of verse 8 where Jude writes, in the same way these people relying on their dreams. About this reliance on their dreams, James Shaddix writes, and I quote, Jude calls these false teachers dreamers. Rejecting the Bible as their authority, they appeal to dreams and their own imaginations as a source of revelation and justification for their immoral lifestyle, close quote. So what Judas saying is that they are living in a world of self-deception. They are deluded. They are deceived. The reference means to be beguiled with sensual images and carried away to an impious course of conduct. So this describes those whose hearts are flooded with dreams of evil and sin. They're like the people of Noah's day who had given themselves to wickedness. Just listen to what Genesis 6-5 says. 
the Lord saw that human wickedness was widespread on the earth and that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil uh, all the time. So this describes a people whose heart and life were absolutely given entirely to sin. And apostates, false teachers, are self-deceived dreamers who live for the gratification of the flesh. So we see that this first characteristic is their deception. Secondly, he highlights their defilement. Notice the uh, middle part of verse 8. He says that apostates are those who defile their flesh. So it all starts with every intention of the thoughts of his heart, but it soon becomes quite evident in their life. And it always will. I mean, sooner or later, one's life will follow one's heart. This is a proven fact. Thoughts will lead to actions. Their hidden thoughts eventually showed up in their lifestyle. Apostates, false teachers, are wicked in their life because they are wicked in their heart. Man's sin problem breeds within him. I mean, think about what James wrote when he said in, in James 1, 13 through 15, no one undergoing a trial should say, I am being tempted by God, since God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. Listen to what James says. But each person is tempted when he is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. Now notice that James says that the sinner is drawn away and enticed by his own evil desire. The two terms used by James are very familiar terms. That word drawn carries the idea of being caught up in a snare. So the picture is that of a trapper who baits a trap and uses the animal's own hunger to lure him to the snare. And that word enticed is a fisherman's term that speaks of a lure that draws a fish to the hook. So just as the wild animal is caught into the snare or a fish is caught by the lure, man is snared into sin because of their de uh, desire to sin. The desire starts with a single thought. Then Jude goes on to point out their contempt. That's the third characteristic. Look at the latter part, the end of verse 8. Apostates, false teachers, reject authority and slander glorious ones. That term glorious ones is a reference to angels. And that word reject means to scorn or to disdain, to have a, the lowest opinion of. And that's precisely uh, the attitude of the apostates and false teachers toward all God-ordained authority. As a result of living in their dream world, in their self-deception, they arrogantly then refuse to recognize any and all God-ordained authority. Now, God has clearly established a system of authority. God himself is the ultimate authority. He is the creator and sustainer of all things. He is sovereign. He is the all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere-present, almighty God. God has given authority to husbands, Ephesians 5, 22 through 23 and 1 Peter 3, 1. God has given authority to parents, Ephesians 6, 1, Colossians 3, 20. 
and he's given authority to governments. Romans 13 verses 1 through 7. He's also given authority to pastors, elders, shepherds. Find that in Hebrews 13, 7 and 17. Our God is a God of order, and to have order, there must be authority. You can really tell a great deal about a person by how that person respects and responds to authority. Apostates, false teachers, despise authority. Apostates and false teachers do that which even the highest angel would not even dare to do. Even Michael, we're told, Michael himself, would not rebuke the devil. Look at verse 9. Yet when Michael the archangel was disputing with the devil in an argument about Moses' body, he did not dare utter a slanderous condemnation against him, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Now, this is the only place in Scripture where this particular incident is is mentioned. Therefore, we cannot know the full details of Michael's dispute with uh, Satan. However, what we do know is that when Moses died, God took full charge of the funeral and carried it out in secret. In Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 5 and 6, it says this, So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the Lord's word. He, meaning the Lord, buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, facing Beth Peor, and no one to this day knows where his grave is. So it would appear that God sent Michael, the archangel, with instructions concerning the burial of Moses, and as he was carrying out these instructions or these orders, the devil shows up and begins to argue with him over the body. Michael was acting under the direct authority of God. The devil was acting under his own usurped authority. However, Michael contends faithfully against the devil, never wavering and never using his own authority. He dares not bring against him a railing accusation, but says, The Lord rebuke you. Our authority as Christians, as believers, to contend for the faith is a delegated authority. We as Christians must rely upon the God who stands behind and backs up that authority. These apostates, these false teachers, operate in the realm of their own authority. Then the fourth characteristic that uh, Jude brings up is their blasphemy. Look at verse 10. He says, But these people blaspheme anything they do not understand. And what they do understand by instinct, like irrational animals, by these things they are destroyed. Notice that Jude says that the apostates, these false teachers, speak evil of and I quote, anything they do not understand, and what they do understand by instinct, like irrational animals, by these things they are destroyed. So this identifies these apostates, these false teachers, as unsaved natural men. And these are evil people who do not know what they're talking about. Look back again at the text, that they blaspheme anything that they do not understand. So we know that there's a great deal that they do not know. And what's interesting is that they blaspheme those very things they know nothing about. And what is it that they don't know? 
Well, truth, that which comes from God. Why don't they know it? Well, because they are unregenerate, unsaved, natural men who do not have the Spirit of God in them. In fact, Paul is the one who tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the person without the Spirit does not receive what comes from God's Spirit because it is foolishness to him. He's not able to understand it since it is evaluated spiritually. So Paul in that 1 Corinthians chapter 2 passage tells us three things. What it is that they do not receive, why it is that they do not receive it, and why it is that they blaspheme it. They do not understand the truth because they're unable to receive the things from God. And they don't receive the things from God because they are spiritually discerned. Again, these are unregenerate, unsaved, natural men who do not have the Spirit of God in them. And they blaspheme that which they don't receive or understand because it's foolishness to them. Apostates have not the Spirit of God and therefore have no understanding of spiritual truths. Peter used the same analogy in 2 Peter 2.12 where he says, But these people, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct, born to be caught and destroyed, slander what they do not understand, and in their destruction they too will be destroyed. Again, these false teachers are compared to, both by Jude and Peter, to irrational animals. They're like animals that have no reason. They're driven by, they're motivated by their natural desires rather than by truth, by the things that are received by God. Animals don't think things over. They just do what comes naturally. So like animals, apostates are slaves to their own depravity. Well, we will end part one of our study of verses 8 through 13 in Jude. Now, we will, having looked at the first four characteristics, during our next study, part two, we will look at the two remaining characteristics. Let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, we thank you again for your precious word. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who helps us gain insight and understanding as to what it is that you are telling us through this uh, writing of Jude. We also thank you, Lord, for our precious salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. We give you all the glory and praise in the name of our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.